cowboys and Indians, puppy dogs and sandpails, beach balls and baseballs, and basketballs too. I love forget-me-nots, fluffernutters, sugar pops. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Wow. Yeah, my my day was interesting today because my washer broke on me. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. So, so here's the thing about the washer breaking. It's uh, I, I'm working on it still. It's it's a work in progress. As as of now, I've determined that the issue is a valve inside that it's not picking up or it's not actually taking the water or even trying to get the water into the into the drum itself. Okay. But that requires that I pull apart the washer, essentially, to get to it. So uh, what I learned today is that when your dad tells you that a valve shuts off the water line, do not listen to your dad. Oh, no. Your dad is wrong. Uh, Because he told me that a particular valve shut off the water line, and I did. I believed him. (laughs) Like a fool, I believed him. Oh, no. <laughs> and tried to, uh, and took off, or yeah, and, and closed off the water line. Then, uh, you know, unhooked the hose. And as soon as the hose came even close to coming out, I'm like, well, there's some water coming out because there was a lot of water in the hose still, whatever. Yeah. You know, so there was just a little bit. But as soon as it came even close to coming undone, the, the water pressure just like blew it off the side of the washer. No. And mm. I learned very quickly that the water pressure was not the problem with the washer. Oh my gosh. That is worst case scenario. Best part, it was the cold. Uh, it's the cold line. So it was really cold, you Freezing guys. Water coming really, from... really cold. Yeah. Cold outside. <laughs> so, oh, in my basement too. So yeah. I, I got soaked in my basement, like head to toe drenched. Oh my god. And I'm just like standing there holding this gushing thing and just like pointing it at the drain. I'm like, one, two, three, four, and just like in between each one, swearing very softly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah. So did you find the valve and I did. And- I got okay. it. <laughs> at least then I you found- had an indicate indicator. Like Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's working now. <laughs> Oh, geez. So, uh, yeah, so don't listen when people tell you, yeah, be, yeah, that's the valve. That, that'll do it. I hope it ends up that you can get that fixed. Yeah. Maybe your dad can come over and yeah, hope, oh, help and, you out. He owes you now. Uh, I intend to leave the valve turned when he, when he tries to pull the hose off. I'm going to leave it, you know, open and see what, <laughs> see what happens. Is this one right, Dad? It's this one. Yep, this is the one you one. said, right? Yep. Definitely wow. the one you said. I'll let you know how badly this ends for me. <laughs> <laughs> or did you do anything? Do you have anything you want to talk about, Tim? Um, I went to a really nice gastro pub. For really. a half a second, I thought you were going to say gas station. Ga- well, I, w- <laughs> I mean, there are really nice gas stations, but I did not go to that one last night. What exactly is a gastro pub? I, I imagined that it was going to be like one of those places where like they serve you oxygen cupcakes, but they're like not cupcakes or like little balls of goo or something that <laughs> tastes like cupcakes. It what? wasn't that. It was just a very nice, um, fully, yeah. you know, organic, it's, real food kind of place. 
Okay, and when you say fully organic, now I'm thinking it's like sound effects of food. Well, I'm not sure if it's fully organic. It was just like real food. I mean, I consider all real food organic. Like (laughs) everything that it doesn't come frozen. Yeah, everything that the light touches is part of the the food kingdom. Right, but it Um, also meant that everything was like really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow. Was this downtown? Yeah. Okay. Downtown GR. It took us like an hour to get in. When we had reservations, wow, wow, uh, it, and the food was the food was delicious. Like, it was wonderful, but it was expensive. They had yeah. like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> they had some nice stuff in the macaroni and cheese. It was still twenty bucks. What'd you get? Whoa, yeah, I got I got <laughs> truffle wow. fries. Yeah, truffle really fries. Good. I got a turkey sandwich that was amazing. Best turkey sandwich I ever had. Wow, on sourdough. And I'm cool. like, well, what should I get to drink? And I'm like, well, I'm starting with water. Then the person next to me gets tea and it's like really good tea. Like it smells really good. I'm like, oh, maybe I should get that. And it's like a pot of tea for like $6.94. And I'm like, no water. Water. This place is packed, huh? Yeah. Well, that's good for our economy, I guess. (laughs) I'm glad that place is doing well. Yeah. But still, yeah, it it cost me more than I wanted to spend. It's not something I'm going to go to until I become mega rich off of podcasting. Your mouth words reminded me of something that I found today that both of you will dig and probably our listeners will dig. It's called save the sounds.info. It is called the museum of endangered sounds. Yeah. And this person, I don't know. I don't know how many are on here, but like there's a rotary phone, a typewriter. It's just saving sounds that don't want to hear like pac-man sounds there's the nokia ringtone oh which doesn't really need to be on here because like those don't that's die in, yeah I mean, that's not in danger man yeah pac-man doesn't really either so so basically what you're telling me is i never have to go looking for text ringtones again ever. right exactly <laughs> do they have fax machine noises i think oh, so please. they have like the old school printer noises the dot oh, matrix printers what? yes i always love that sound do they uh, have the old Game Boy? Ding? They have the game, so they have game Boy playing Tetris, I think. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm I'm digging this. Yeah, the t- Tamagotchi sounds. It's kind what? of what? It's just sound this of your one Tamagotchi guy dying, dying. Again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. So, oh, so you guys great. should go check it out. But we should start the podcast, and we Let's should do know it. better. Yeah, welcome to We Should Know Better. It's the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia, and I am Skyler. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And tonight, these guys are going from the Wikipedia page for Fluffernutter all the way to the Wikipedia page for Thomas Edison, only by clicking uh, on links within the pages. Wait, did you say Fluffernutter? I did. You guys are familiar with Fluffernutter? I figured I might have to explain this to Yeah, vaguely. I know Tim is I am familiar. very familiar with Fluffernutter. Because I think he introduced whoa. them to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like at a fancy party or yeah. like sky. This is Fluffernutter. Fluffernutter Fluffer is, is like when peanut butter and jelly is is too nice or like too fancy for you. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's it's peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Um, so I'm looking at sandwich. the page here, and it specifically says white bread, which tells me makes a lot. sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The image, uh, the image caption for Fluffernutter is amazing. It's it's two pieces of bread. One has <laughs> peanut butter. One has marshmallow fluff on it. And the, the the caption is showing bread slices with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff prior to their being united into a Fluffernutter sandwich. You need a you know you need like an officiate and yes, a ceremony a to do this. Union. So. Yep. <laughs> this th- that image right there just uh, continues to confirm to me that we need to do what we talked about in the last episode, 
where we just take pictures of ourselves making faces of emotion, like emotional faces about things on these pages and submitting them to the pages. <laughs> like we, yeah. uh, you had talked about the, the boredom face. Yep. Boredom face is so good. I think, I think this requires a fluffernutter face. <laughs> Someone enjoying. Face. That should be, that should, that should be like a marketing thing. Like show us your fluffernutter face. And we're done. And you yep. would get so many. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we can't use this one. Can't use this one. <laughs> can't use this one. Oh God. <laughs> can't use this one. This was terrible. Fire everyone. <laughs> to determine who goes first, I have a sandwich quiz for you guys. Oh, a yeah. Sandwich I was like, quiz? Nutter is a weird sandwich. I don't even remember how I came up with starting at Fluffernutter. But um, oh, that's great. I found a list of sandwiches and I <laughs> picked some. So um, what we're going to do is I will give you the description of a sandwich. And then I will list four names of sandwiches. And then you guys... <laughs> uh, I am me individually with your answer. Is uh, okay. like names like Bob or like no uh, <laughs> more description names like Fluffernutter. Oh, okay. <laughs> or the Juicy Lucy. Nope. Uh, uh, yes. oh. Well, I guess Ruben kind of <laughs> Ruben like yeah, names like Ruben. Ruben. <laughs> yeah. See that one work. I, okay, I should have gone with that. Yeah. Is that what you were leading me in? That was my bad. Like, <laughs> you knew what you were doing. I did not. Um, <laughs> So, there are six questions here. So, one with the most points at the end uh, gets it. <laughs> okay. All right. First one's pretty easy. <laughs> um, corned I'll beef, be- sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, topped with Russian or Thousand Island dressing on rye bread, then grilled. Is that a Reuben, <laughs> a lox, a hot dog, or a <laughs> Juicy Lucy? Wow. All right, Kyle says Ruben, Tim says Ruben. It is correct. You're both Hooray. correct. <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> so you get a point each. Hooray. All right. Uh, a crusty bread loaf typically filled with fried seafood or roast beef. Is that a po' boy, a sailor sandwich, a Juicy Lucy, or a Luther burger? Tim says po' boy. Kyle says po' boy. It is po' boy. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember if that was seafood because I knew it could be roast beef. Yep. I couldn't remember if it was also seafood. Yep. Yeah, I had one in New Orleans, so it was definitely seafood. Uh, My experience. It was so good. When were you in New Orleans? Uh, I went there for a Cormac McCarthy conference. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I remember that. How did you survive? Sweet. That it must was, have been it, the most the most nihilistic thing. It was a wasteland, man. Like, <laughs> like some of those presenters that I was like oh. rubbing elbows with. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yep. Um, all right. Next one. Sliced ham and cheese, usually emmental or gruyere, uh, between slices of French toast and batter fried. In some regi- regions, it is sprinkled with powdered sugar and served with jelly or jam. In oh. other regions, like New England, it is served as, uh, it is served savory with French mustard and no powdered sugar. <laughs> is that a Juicy Lucy, a Gatsby, a Monte Cristo, or a Cuban? Oh, man. Sliced ham and cheese between slices of French toast and batter fried. In some regions, it is sprinkled with powdered sugar. I'm, I'm kind I, of sense. I'm, I'm noticing a theme with the, with the answers. I didn't. I didn't know that you could do powdered sugar with this. Yeah, you both said Monte Cristo. It is Monte Cristo. You guys are tied. 
We, I like sandwiches, Scott. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> All right, neck and neck. All right, ready? A cheeseburger with the cheese inside the meat patty rather than on top. That's not a special thing. You do, you can just do that. <laughs> is that a Juicy Lucy, a mother-in-law, a panini, or a sailor sandwich? A cheeseburger with the cheese inside the meat patty rather than on top. Well, okay. That can't be a thing, but Oh, okay. man, you both said Juicy Lucy. <laughs> You're both correct. <laughs> well, That's amazing. I hope you had a tiebreaker. Yeah, so. It comes down to the next two. Ready? Mm-hmm. Next two? <laughs> yep, there's two left. Okay. A deli-style sandwich similar to the hoagie, often containing French fries with other variations, prepared with masala steak, chicken, polanoi, Vienna sausages, calamari, wow. fish, or char-grilled steak. Those, is, those aren't all in the same sandwich, are they? Uh, that's why I said or. Yep. Okay, okay. Um, is that a Cuban, a Juicy Lucy, <laughs> a Fried Brain, or a Gatsby? Oh, uh, let's go. All right, Kyle says Cuban, Tim says Gatsby, it is Gatsby. No! Yeah. So then it's, Tim takes the lead. Nice job. it sounded like a great sandwich. Oh, <laughs> wow, nicely done. All right, you guys ready for the last one? Yes. A hot dog bun stuffed with fried noodles, frequently topped with pickles and mayonnaise. I, I'm going what? to sick. Is That's that disgusting. A tramiz- disgusting, yes. <laughs> Tramezino? A Juicy Lucy? No. A yakisoba pan? What? Or a fool's gold loaf? Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. All right, Sky, first off, you're gonna have to tell us where you got the the wrong names after we get after we get to <laughs> okay. I mean, these are but, all sandwiches on that list. I just picked different ones. Is that so? Yep. <laughs> because Tramazino, I do not. I do not believe you. Tramazino, Juicy Lucy, Yakisoba Pan, or Fool's Gold Loaf. Let's go with that. Kyle says Yakisoba Pan. Tim says Fool's Gold Loaf. It is Yakisoba Pan. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's tied. Oh, it is tied. And he's now out of sandwiches. <laughs> All right, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to give you the name of the sandwich. Each of you describes to me what you think the sandwich is, and the oh, one that's man. closest wins. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. I'm into okay. it. I'm okay. into it. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. I'm so ready. <laughs> um, let's do the Fool's Gold Loaf. Neither of you knew what that was, right? No, I do not. Okay. Clearly, it's that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys basically said in the same thing. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Tim. Uh, Kyle says a mustard sandwich. You're amazing, Tim. Tim says tofu with spicy brown mustard on a baguette. Guys. That's, that's amazing. This is a single warmed, hollowed out loaf of bread filled with one jar of creamy peanut butter, one jar of grape jelly, and a pound Ugh. of bacon. Wow. It's the Elvis Presley sandwich. No, it's not. In 1976, no. Elvis Presley and some of his friends flew to Colorado to consume them. You never heard of this? Oh, it's disgusting. Why do you have to fly to Colorado to eat one of those? Because it's the only Elvis. place that's legal. It's the only place that's legal, I thought his sandwich was peanut butter and banana. Yeah, that's what I always heard. No, Toasted that's called the Elvis banana. Presley sandwich. How is that not oh. this? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually called the Elvis Presley. <laughs> what? Yep, this is a sandwich that Elvis Presley like was famously went out of his way to eat. So let me let me oh understand. Gosh. Which of you is closer? Just go with Tim. 
Yeah, uh, I think Tim's Tim's was I, more. I did mention more, I did mention a loaf. He put more stuff on he his sandwich. He did just say a mustard sandwich, which just sounds like mustard between two pieces of that's, bread. Yes, yeah. that's what I intended because okay. it's hilarious. But it's pretty good. Well, good job on those sandwiches, guys. <laughs> Wait, so hold on, back up. <laughs> I need to know just so I understand for yes. posterity, I guess. So you mean to say a loaf of bread? <laughs> Like hollowed out on the inside, and hollowed out loaf so, of bread. So what you do then is you, you take you, that hollowed out loaf of bread and you dump a jar of peanut butter into it. Yes, a jar of jelly into it, and then somehow also yeah. wedge a pound of bacon into it, and yep. then do what with it? You just eat it like stuff that? it in your face. Oh my gosh! You stuff you stuff that delicious thing in your face. That's that's not okay. It looks really good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's not okay. It just looks like it would be a painful task to eat. Like it would yeah. be good for the first few bites, then you would just start dying. Like it would slowly start <laughs> sapping your life force. I thought oh. you were gonna say it would be a painful task to like expel like all of that. that too. Yes. Yeah, yes. That much bad. peanut butter? <clears throat> that much bread? Yeah. <laughs> and bacon? It's uh, not a good choice. These are, know that was, Elvis died of a heart attack, right? He, yeah. On the toilet. Yeah. On the toilet. Died of a lot of things, apparently. <laughs> See, he was trying to expel the sandwich. Yeah. It just was too much of a task. <laughs> it was oh, too well, much. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. We can just stop the show at this point, right? I think we've reached a new low. Tim, That's you get a, to start. We're at Fluffernutter. Oh, uh, yes. my gosh. So, uh, I'm an expert on the Fluffernutter. Yeah. So... Clear this up for me, though. Is it marshmallows or marshmallow fluff? And marshmallow and if so, fluff. What is marshmallow fluff? Marshmallow, marshmallow fluff cream. is marshmallow cream, right? Is it what comes out of a dead marshmallow? Like what? What are you? What are you talking? No, about? it is you. You when you milk a marshmallow. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> and you don't separate. You know the way. <laughs> you get marshmallow cream. Oh man, I'm looking up the history of it. It was used to, used to be called marshmallow paste. Yep, that's what that's I expect. Pretty, I mean, it, it does make a good paste as well. <laughs> that, yeah. looks, that looks very much like paste. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so it's, if I'm understanding this properly, a it is peanut butter and marshmallow fluff, which is not marshmallow, just sugary paste yeah. on, on white bread. Yep. And you just put those together and you eat it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like... Now, it doesn't, I mean... I I, I I take a bit of umbrage at the fact that it has to be white bread. <laughs> According like, to this. I always, I always had mine on wheat. And uh, I, I grew into a mature, well-rounded person. So, so, right? so I, mothers, fathers do not think you have <laughs> to use that poor, stripped, bleached, white junk. To that end. To put like the to, other junk on. I would like to point out that that's apparently one of the variations listed here. Uh, in down it? toward the center, yeah. Variations of the recipe include wheat bread instead of white. Like that one change wow. makes it a variation of the fluffer nut. Culinary sophistication. Wow. So there's that, and then you could also uh, swap out instead of the peanut butter, which is basically pure fat. You could ba- you could switch out Nutella uh, hazelnut yeah. spread, which is also pure fat. It says on the marshmallow cream page that you can put marshmallow cream and Nutella together on graham crackers to emulate s'mores. 
to emulate yeah, you the word emulate do they do are, are you sure they mean uh, said emulate but meant emulsify <laughs> maybe to emulsify school uh, yeah okay it's, so like this isn't a sandwich you make like because you ever. really want one i think <laughs> is this is one that was like uh we don't have a lot going on right like i gotta get i gotta get work done like we don't have a lot of time let's throw this together Oh, let's let me let it's, me continue. It's for this people who up. find jelly too unruly. Yeah, like too much. <laughs> and they need something that just sits in place better. Yeah. So paste. Yeah. <laughs> paste. Marshmallow paste. Um, yes. So, nutters were mentioned in the lyrics of the 1970 Sunshine Pop anthem "Love You" by the Free Design. What lyrics include cowboys and Indians, puppy dogs and sand pails, beach balls and baseballs and basketballs too. I love forget-me-nots, fluffernutters, sugar pops. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Wow. NASA astronaut Richard Michael Linehan. He was born in Lowell, Massachusetts, and ate a fluffernutter while aboard the International Space Station. Wow. And apparently, Massachusetts loves its fluffernutters. Yeah, it's a, it's, all, it's a New England thing. It's where it was invented in Massachusetts. I also see that childhood obesity is, is linked on this page. <laughs> yep. Our old friend. Our old friend. They wanted um, to make it the national sandwich of Massachusetts and serve, and serve Fluffernutters in Massachusetts schools Hold once on. a week. You guys are skipping over Whoa. all the mm. other information about its history. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go through it <laughs> through everything. But you, what, Are what you, you sure got? you don't want to tie in its World War I uh, ties where it was recipe where uh, Emma Curtis published the recipe in 1913? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, sorry. During World War I. A recipe for the Liberty Sandwich. Are nice. you sure you want to skip that? Because they call that, the, that's what the Fluffernutter was called when it consisted of peanut butter and snowflake marshmallow cream, that's a brand name, on oat or barley bread. Because... Suggested combining snowflake marshmallow cream with peanut butter or, or eating it on sandwiches with chopped nuts or olives. Oh, see, wow. olives I can see. Olives in your fluffernutter for 1960. It's it, that that's a savory it, like it's the same thing as putting bacon on it. It's salt. It, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you going to are you going to bulk when you have white bread full of? Hey, hey, uh, remember <laughs> I do not condone the white bread. <laughs> oh, this is so great. Uh these are so amazing. So you remember how I had said that they were they're trying to get fluffernutter into schools, like to have once once a week for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was criticized Good. because people were like childhood <laughs> obesity. Yes, but then among the people who defended the fluffernutter at the time was Massachusetts State Representative Kathy Ann Reinstein, whose district in Revere was close to Lynn, where marshmallow fluff is made. Wow. She claimed she planned to flight, fight for the, the fight to the death for fluff. And I'm sure she <laughs> fired her script. What's that? I'm sure she fired her speechwriter for giving her a, a tongue fight twister. To the death and, for fluff. Yes. And supported legislation that would make the fluff or nutter the official state sandwich. The measure there, failed. And there were many fluff pieces written in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love fluff or nutters. Do tell. I hate Thomas Edison. Dang. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to try going a route. Um, you might you might pick up on, on what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm going to go with peanut butter. Yes. As the next place to go. Oh, okay. 
I'm really glad you didn't pick the thing I wanted to pick. Okay. Uh, but I'm not far off from you. Um, so you picked peanut butter. Uh, mm-hmm. Two sentences later from that link, uh, they're talking about... <laughs> though often seen as a food for children, the fluffernutter recipe has been adapted to appeal to adult tastes. Oh, God. Which is a weird way to say <laughs> that. Uh, for example, a New York caterer serves a fluffernutter hors d'oeuvre in a toasted ice cream cone with a spoon of peanut butter and a torched marshmallow fluff on top. I'm clicking ice cream cone. Ooh, that sounds pretty good. Because, ice cream cone. Oh, yeah, because nice. what do we know about Thomas Edison? He, he loved, loved ice, ice cream. cream cones. No, no, you guys are, no. <laughs> His head no, was we'll, shaped we'll, like a cone? We'll talk about this later. You he guys keep going. Cone. There we. Thank you. Thank you. Did he really? No. Oh. No, he did not. Because I want to put it past him. Asshole. <laughs> we are a rated G podcast. <laughs> I, All right. Uh, cool. You're at peanut butter, Tim. Yep. What What do we want to talk about with peanut butter? Well, I mean, peanut butter is mm, more food based. Mm. <laughs> of course, made primarily with dry roasted peanuts. How? What percentage of, of peanuts do you need to be called peanut butter in the United States? Uh, 50. No. What? 20. No. Oh, no, no. Higher. Much higher. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, in the U.S., peanut butter must contain at least 90% peanuts. Wow. That's Otherwise, you're just a peanut spread. Really? Is that what he says? Yeah. Hold on a second. Nice. So, wait. So, there's like, there's a difference there? What? what so, butter wait, versus What's spread. the line? Huh. Uh, 90%. If wow. you're 90% peanuts or more, you're peanut butter. How about... If you're and, fewer than 90% or less than 90% peanuts, you are a peanut spread. So this is the same kind of thing that makes uh, Chipotle able to say that they serve uh, guacamole or uh, the reason that they don't say like avocado spread, like because <laughs> it's like a particular percentage. I guess so. I mean, I guess that's everything. Um. How much of it can be spiders? Because <laughs> I have ten percent. It can be ten percent spiders. Ten percent spiders. Ninety percent. Have you guys yes. not heard that statistic? Mm-hmm. What? You, they, oh, there's there were, there's little bits of insects and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But I always that always. Uh, I can't remember where I read. Probably on Facebook. But someone was like, in every in every jar of peanut butter, there's like five there's like five spiders statistically. I'm like. Thank you. That's something I didn't need to think about. So, they're waiting. They're waiting for you. So, they hide in the corners. The peanut butter spiders. They hide on the lids. They know. sound delicious, though. Oh, I would want a peanut butter spider. They sound like something from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. The fluffernutter exactly. spiders. Yep. yep. Um, the Netherlands actually has it right. Um, in the Netherlands, oh, peanut butter is called a pindikas or peanut cheese. Nope. Well, actually, they don't have it right. They call it peanut yeah. cheese instead of pinda butter or peanut butter because the word butter is only supposed to be used with products that contain actual butter. Oh, oh. yeah, sure. In that case, why are you calling it peanut cheese? Is there any <laughs> cheese in that? Come on, Netherlands. That's, uh, that's well, a really good uh, point. Well, well, we call it peanut cheese because butter things should actually have butter in them. Well, okay. Clearly, they don't have that kind of uh, that kind of line point. going. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good argument. Um, <laughs> Someone should bring this up to, to the Netherlands. You make Wikipedia history. The, the category <laughs> other uses of peanut butter is pretty amusing. Uh, um, nope, nope, of nope, course nope. It's used in. <laughs> 
Um, it's, of course, it's used in sauces and chocolate, oatmeal, blah, 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 blah. It's combined with jelly in America to make <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Wait, the that's not... feeling snack for children is called... Come on, guys. You know this. The what? A flavorful, appealing snack for children. It includes... Oh, ants on a log. Ants on a log. A celery oh. stick with raisins. Yep. Um, this is kind of <laughs> disturbing. Plumpy nut. Nope. Is uh, a peanut butter-based food used to fight malnutrition in famine-stricken countries. Uh, oh, well... A single pack contains 500 calories, can be stored unrefrigerated for two years, and requires no cooking or preparation. They call it Plumpy Nut? That name sounds almost so bad. like a jerky thing. Called. Yeah, exactly. I'm really, like guys up. I'm really glad someone's doing that, but maybe get a PR team? Yeah. Um, I noticed, I, I think I see what you're trying to do coming to Peanut Butter, Tim, because so this was apparently like the first person to patent, patent Peanut Butter was Marcellus Gilmore Edson. What? So Edson, Edison... Like they're similar names. Yeah, Is that- that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Um, actually, um, I am doing a quick. I think I'm going to call an audible on myself. <laughs> so, so my my original um, means or my my original um, plan thought, thought process, yeah, is to go to peanut butter and then peanuts because what animal likes to eat peanuts? Oh man, you're just an, going straight for the kill. An elephant, exactly, and. Um, oh there's a story gosh. where, where uh, an elephant was electrocuted to for, for Thomas Edison's benefit. I am not so sh- like. <laughs> I like that you and I are both trying to get to Thomas Edison through these weird kind of backdoor <laughs> methods. Like, but, oh, this is a story I heard about him one time. <laughs> but going through this, like, I'm not sure I'm going to get to elephants. <laughs> um, I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm going to switch. Okay. Um, I was looking in the nutritional profile of peanut butter because it has some nice stuff in it. It's got <laughs> protein, dietary nice. fiber, vitamin E, niacin, yeah. vitamin B6. It's That's also rich nice, in potassium. Uh, nutritional profile um, you got there. Zinc, copper, and oh. magnesium. Ooh, nice. Oh, you- oh, Tim. What? Oh, that's so mean. Oh, am I? <laughs> did I? Did I step on your toes, Kyle? No, no, but that's a really good idea. <laughs> that's a really good idea. <laughs> so you guys, you guys see where I'm trying to go with this one now. Oh, you did, you did illuminate the way. Yes, pedal yes. to the metal. Yeah. Oh wow, good yeah. job, nice work. Hang around, you guys, too much. Yes, I'm All so right. proud. I'm You're going so to magnesium proud. then, not copper. Magnesium. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's talk about ice cream cones, you guys. Ice cream cones. <laughs> yeah. The uh, so- the un the unsung hero of the ice Musical. cream cone. Yes. Wait. Yeah, sure. Um, so it has here the uh, the description according to Wikipedia. An ice cream cone spe- specifically uh, has, you can call it a cone, an ice cream poke, or an ice cream cornet. Um, yep. I like cornet. Yeah. Um, but it, makes me wanna, it makes me want to bite a hole in the bottom and try to play it like a trumpet. Well, that's the idea. It actually, mm-hmm. they, like they used to think of them as horns. So that's that's kind of where that came from, Neat. Uh, because they look like little, uh, basically loudspeakers, <laughs> um, or what, megaphones, sort of. If you bite a hole in the bottom. So anyway, uh, it was a dry cone-shaped pastry, usually made of a wafer similar in texture to a waffle, 
which in, enables ice cream. I like how it's said here. It yes. enables ice cream to be held in the hand and eaten without a bowl or spoon. So <laughs> reading this while Tim was doing this, there are like 10 different sentences in here that make it sound like this page was written by a robot who has never understood ice cream. <laughs> so uh, anyway, you can use... You can use uh, ice cream cones to hold your ice cream, and it makes it so that you can just eat it on the go. This was an improvement over what they used originally when they served ice cream, when it became... Uh, because uh, you used to not be able to have ice cream. Like, the masses could not, could not uh, afford it because freezing things was impossible for people who weren't just lugging ice everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, weren't rich enough to do that. So... Um, when when refrigeration became a lot easier, uh, right around, they say here, um, they say in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, where it became less expensive uh, to have ice cream, like street vendors would have it. But what, the, what they would do, according to this, and this is what I have heard elsewhere, most ice cream from vendors was sold in serving glasses called Penny Licks. Named due to their cost at the time, which in parentheses, one penny, in case that was difficult. Sure. And the one and the lick. And this is, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and here's another one of those sentences. <laughs> and the method of ingestion was simply to lick the ice cream from the cup. Wow. That, that's a robot talking right yes, there. Yes, <laughs> that's an alien talking. Mm -hmm. how, do you how do you ice cream? One of the things that ice cream cones have in common with other foods that became popular and are thought of as very American. It can't, it became popular. It sort of happened for the first time at a world's fair. Americans, we, we got pretty good at just making dumb food at world's fairs because there were a lot of people and they wanted food. And yeah, <laughs> how do, how do we get food to get how from place to place? People. Yeah. Well, yeah. like easy to eat food. Uh, hamburgers are, are a, um, a world's fair. Uh, invention, uh, at least allegedly. Mm -hmm. uh, the same with hot dogs, actually. The the modern hot dog, anyway. Hot dog in a bun. Um, so foods like that are supposed to have come from World's Fairs. Wow. So, and ice cream would have been served in cups like this, but what they, the, the problem that they have here, they say, uh, there was a major problem with sanitation and hygiene concerns as the cups were not washed from customer to customer often. That happened really fast, Tim. They were like, oh, uh, here's this cup back. You know, I have 15 more customers waiting, you know? Weird. So here's the thing. Putting ice cream in containers, edible containers, has gone on for hundreds of years. Selling okay. ice cream in an edible container has happened since 1904. What? That's bizarre. Whoa. So that's when the first uh, commercially available edible ice cream cone was uh, sold, at least in the U.S., and the first recorded use of a commercial ice cream cone. Now, they have it here as uh, the first true edible conical. Oh, yeah, and they, they say that the ice cream cone has to be conical uh, for it to be counted as the first ice cream cone. Because bowls, yes, conical. <laughs> Conical and canonical. Yeah. Um, the, the bowls had been used for a long time. You just sit it on a waffle, sure. But uh, people would still use that to 
use a spoon or something like that. You wouldn't just lean into the waffle and just eat it out of the waffle. Right. But like a cone, you could hold it up and lick it. Yep. So that's what made it stand apart. Uh, but they have it here as uh, 1904, <laughs> uh, the world's the St. Louis's St. Louis World's Fair, uh, invented by a man named Ernest uh, Hamwi H A M W I, um, and according to the story, his waffle booth was next to an ice cream vendor who ran short of dishes. Hamwi rolled a waffle to contain ice cream, and the cone was born. Not That's really. Done. It has been done for a really, really long time. <laughs> Uh, they have it here as early as it, there's at least in writing, people have been using uh, waffles and uh, as like a holder for pastries and creams uh-huh. uh, since at least as early as 1770. But okay, but but selling it, them holding ice yeah, cream. But yeah, well, you couldn't have had ice cream; it would have just been cream at the time, right? Uh, but so, selling ice cream so a f- in a cone-shaped cone. waffle. Did not happen until 1904. Sure. So, so has anyone ever considered the waffle fluffernutter? I'm certain Ooh. that's a thing. That yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that's a thing. Waffles. Uh, that's the true mana. But, <laughs> but uh, as any other thing that is distinctly American, there was a patent fight immediately after it was invented. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was got to keep it away from big waffle. <laughs> they were patented uh, very quickly after, uh, and not just by just by uh, well Ernest Hamwe, um he, pat- he he patented a or a pastry cone making machine a couple years after the fact, and he uh, he ended up being the head of let's see what's this the Western Cone Company. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I remember seeing down here he he did a little bit better as well. Um, but anyway, uh, some guy at the exact same place at the St. Louis World's Fair. Uh, let's see, Abe Dumar and the Dumar family can, can also claim credit for the ice cream cone. He apparently at the age of 16, Dumar uh, began to sell paperweights. One night, he bought a waffle from another vendor and trans- transplanted from Norfolk, Virginia, from Ghent to Belgium. Uh, Leonidas Kestaketis? Wait, uh, wait, wait, d- wait, wait, wait. Did you mention Belgium? This man, uh, he's talking about a guy, another vendor that he worked with from Belgium, yes. It's not a Belgian. It's not a Belgian waffle. But I'm sure... It has it, to be. Come on. I'm sure it relates to the story, yes. As, if, if waffles are involved... <laughs> Whenever waffles are involved, Belgium is not far behind. <laughs> it's not far behind. <laughs> it's like, excuse us, we need to be a part of this officially. Okay. I believe by law. we're yeah. Uh, Domar proceeded to roll up the waffle and place a scoop of ice cream on on top, as though he had heard about it somewhere else, maybe. And then he began selling the cones at the exposition. His cones were such a success that he designed a four iron baking machine and had a foundry make it for him. Dun dun dun. Um. Yeah, so it wasn't just him either. Uh, there was a an Italian guy named Italo Marcioni um, who went so far as to sell or as to put a patent you know, on a machine that made pastry cups to hold ice cream. Um, but Marcioni claimed that he had been selling ice cream and edible pastry holders since 1896, but his patent was rejected, or his patent for the cups were, was accepted, but his uh, lawsuits against um, 
against Samui and others were rejected because he made cups and not cones. Mm. Uh, Important distinction in the history of the ice cream cone. Patents are incredible, you guys. You should just 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 read about patents sometime. <laughs> and just shake your head in amazement. Because it, yep. yeah, it's incredible. Anyway. Where are you going? I am talking about well, in here they have um talking about um commercial cones. Specifically uh specifically by independent ice cream providers, which is a great thing to have. The earliest commercial cones were ruled by, or the earliest cones were ruled by hand from hot thin wafers. But in 1912, Frederick Brookman, an inventor from Portland, Oregon, patented a machine for rolling ice cream cones. Uh, he sold his company to Nabisco in 1928. Uh, but apparently, independent ice cream providers such as Ben and Jerry's still make their own cones. Uh, just so you guys know, in case this ever comes up and you need to know, the Joy Ice Cream Cone Company. Uh, makes the most ice cream cones worldwide. They produce a little over two billion ice cream cones every year. Wow! Oh yeah, but, Joy's a really familiar name. Yep. yep. But I am going to click they after have weird children on their boxes. If I remember yes. right, they're yes, very good cones. Yes. Yep. In uh, but I'm going to click on inventor after Frederick Brookman here because you know who else was an inventor. Uh, who? Thomas okay, Edison. yeah, go on, yes. Yeah, yeah, Thomas Edison was. <laughs> that guy. Oh, yeah. dear. Okay. In, um, <laughs> oh, and that takes you to invention. Huh, okay. Yeah, see, cool. this will work. All right, magnesium. Magnesium is amazing, guys. deal with the magnesium? So magnesium comes from stars. It explodes yeah. and it helps us poop. What? what? <laughs> well, so, hold on. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't do all three at the same time. <laughs> right. Um, so magnesium actually uh, is made in large aging stars uh, from the addition of three helium nuclei to a carbon nucleus. That's cool. So when supernovas <laughs> cool. explode, it's just shooting out magnesium into cool. space, which can be picked up and recycled by other star systems. Nice. Oh, damn. Um, of course, it comes to Earth as well, or we have it in Earth. It is the ninth most abundant element in the universe, eighth most abundant element in the Earth's crust, and uh, third most abundant element dissolved in seawater. Oh, sodium and chlorine. Uh, so our body, of course, needs it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Our bodies need everything, man. I true. was going to say We're we so need a lot of stuff. Um, and of course, you can make milk of magnesium or magnesia to uh, as a laxative. Nice. And of course, there are plenty of other uses as well. But those are the important ones. Those are the yeah. important ones. <laughs> Stars and pooping is all you need. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, that covers it, everything. it separates uranium and other metals from their salts. Wow. Wow. So okay, it's continue. Might be used in, uh... Wow. Um, of course, it's it is wrecker. explosive. <laughs> They're highly playable in their pure form, just like sodium. And stars. Um, so burning our molten magnesium metal reacts violently with water. Uh, you should wear safety glasses and eye protection when working with it, of course. Uh, <laughs> there is a picture here. The There was a magnesium-bodied um, car at the 1968 French Grand Prix. And oh, that oh, puppy wait. is on fire. <laughs> I bet. Uh, Literally Unfortunately, it, it killed fire. the driver. 
Oh no. Um, but yeah, it is just fully engulfed. Oh my gosh. There's not um, there's nothing enough, other than fire. It's all fire. That's all fire. <laughs> yep. Oddly enough, if you combine magnesium with other things, it can have the opposite effect. Uh, yep. If you use magnesium phosphate, uh, that's what they can use to fireproof wood in construction. Yeah. So you're just putting magnesium in your wood, and it's <laughs> preventing it from catching fire. Yeah, what, is it like one of those are weird? Is, yeah, I was gonna say, is it like one of those things where yeah. it's so ironic that it becomes cool again? It's very like, hip, very hip wood. <laughs> it looks like, like most go, of the magnesium that we need uh, is in our is in our skeleton. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. So, which is why you have to crack open your skeleton to get the magnesium out. Yeah, that sweet okay. marrow. Sure. Know. Yes, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a magnesium deficiency, uh, hypomagnesemia, wow. is common, found in up to 50% <laughs> of the general population. Dang. Uh, only 32% of people in the U.S. meet the recommended daily allowance. It's a bummer. What? Yep. That that uh, sounds sad. Yeah. Alcoholism is often associated with the deficiency. Oh. So you know, if you uh, like to imbibe. You know, Maybe make sure you get your magnesium as well. Take a one a day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Magnesium, of course, like I said, it it ignites, it burns, it flashes. Uh, so it was for used. Oh, for crying out loud! In uh, something called uh, flash bulbs. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good plan. Um, good pull, Tim. Yeah, and that takes me to flash photography. It's too bad, like copper wires aren't used in like electricity. Yeah, that's what I thought you were stuff. going. I thought that's what I, what I thought you were doing, trying well, to pull something. Well, along magnesium those lines. is a good way well, to go about it. Copper isn't pooped out by stars, is it? No. Well, technically, technically speaking, it has to have been at some point. Technically, all of us were pooped out yes. by stars. <laughs> yes. That's what. That's what I'm saying by you know by an extension. Sure, by extension, yes. We are all made of star poop. Yeah, yeah. basically. Shirts on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you are on I'm invention. On two flash it's bulbs. Flash, oh. and then in parentheses, photography is what flash bulb. And hashtag flash bulbs. That's the that's yeah. the uh, the subtitle of the album. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> All right, we're in invention. We're going to invention. An invention. It, I'm I'm reading it that way because it's in bold. Yeah. It's a unique or novel device, method, composition, or process. The invention process is a process within an overall engineering and production. Hold on. Product development process. It, it may be an improved upon. Hold on. How do they even? It may, it may be, be an improvement, improvement upon, upon a, machine a machine or product, or, product. or a new process for creating an object or result. So it's a process, you guys. Invention, yeah. it's a process. Yeah. Um, so uh, here they have... Um, they they talk about a bunch of different like the, the practical means of invention, specifically trial and error, uh, writing things out, making models, and experimenting. Uh, they actually talk about brainstorming as as a way of uh, sparking new ideas by taking one thing and connecting it with another. But I want to point out a couple other things here. Uh, specific specifically uh, invention as uh, <laughs> again a creative process. Um, they actually bring up a couple points here as ways of um, inventing that are not just trial, that are not uh, strictly scientific, I guess. Okay. Uh, they mention here a bit by uh, Carl Jung, 
citation needed, uh, that says that play uh, may lead to invention. So playing around with different ideas uh, can help you spontaneously come up with something related and interesting. Uh, they mention here sp specifically that um, both J.K. Rowling and Frank Hornby first had their ideas while they were just waiting on the train. Yeah. So maybe, again from last week, uh, maybe the 300-page 300 uh, paper written on boredom, specifically about waiting on trains, is actually the best thing that could happen to the human race. <laughs> That's true. It's the best thing that happened to J.K. Rowling, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and millions of children everywhere. Yeah, very cool. Um, there's re-envisioning, which is to take the idea of something and kind of and picture it in a different uh, different viewpoint, essentially. It's sure. so like these waffle bowl bowls could be waffle cones. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Waffle cones. Yeah, exactly. Cups. Don't. You're mad. Mm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, they say. Uh, Wait, did you just did you just correct me on the distinction between bowls and cups? No, I mean you <laughs> oh. could have you could have a bowl, you could have a cup, you could have a cone. Like those could be three separate inventions. Yeah, yeah. well, and the, I think the patent office would agree with you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they have uh, they say waffle that kind tube. of tube. <laughs> yeah, not that very... hasn't been done yet, has it? I'm, I'm going cube. right now. Waffle no, tube. No, that's that's the go go. Oh dang it! I can't you can't do gogurt with that. That's Oh guys, uh, I ate so much gogurt growing up. What? Uh, Sky, I don't know. Back, I don't know how I did it. Gogurt is not made of stars. They're like, <laughs> they're like neon tubes of stuff. Yeah, that's all it is. All it is. I was yeah. So a novel idea may come in a flash, which is they describe. Hey, as that's where I am right now. Yeah, I know <laughs> a eureka moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they, oh my gosh, this is a, this is a great quote. Um, for example, after years of working to figure out the general theory of relativity, the solution came to Einstein suddenly in a dream, quote, and this is cited, like a giant die making an indelible impress, a huge map of the universe outlined in one clear vision. Whoa. That's, which is not what I remember when we read it on the other page. No, he, like, he went into like his room or something and like played the violin out, a bunch he? and yeah. Yeah, came back. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder which one of those is true. The one that's more, more romantic or the one that's less romantic? Well, they're both pretty romantic, Sky. Yeah, I mean, I one's mean, got one... violins, one's got <laughs> dreams. I, I don't know. Maybe they both happened in... They, they could both be true, technically. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, there's insight, which is uh, just having... Starting uh, looking at something and having questions about it. Uh, yeah. Maybe expressing a doubt or even just working from a hunch. Sounds good. Uh, according to them, that's how we got things like uh, essentially playing with those ideas that led to things like innovative lighting, such as um, uh, uh, light emitting diodes, I guess, or LED lights. Yeah, just so, on a hunch. Uh, they also say that display screens and wallpaper are on that list of things that came from hunches. I really want to know what the hunch that led the wallpaper was. Yeah. I bet if I take glue and stick it to this paper and stick it to the wall, it will stay there. <laughs> just mm. a hunch. <laughs> Whoa. Just, nice. I, I'm, I'm just going gonna to take a flyer with this one yep. and see what happens. Wow. Come on. That's a good one. Um, <sighs> uh, Exploration is also, you know, uh, taking taking 
taking an idea, taking it further, or trying seeing if it works in a different area. And then also improvement, um, basically taking something that someone else did and saying, well, what if I did this? Yep. So, what if uh, I made it into a cone? <laughs> what if I made mm-hmm. it into a cone? Put ice cream in it. So, Sky, I'm going to have to ask you for a for a rule or, yeah, a line judgment, I guess. Uh-huh. Because there's a particular guy listed in the caption of a of a picture here on the right. And I, I can't remember if captions are okay. Now. I do think, caption- yeah, I do think we, we have been counting captions. So, yeah. uh, in this photo, even though he's not mentioned anywhere else in this article, <sighs> and they mention wow. Leonardo da Vinci, Galileo... Uh, Jefferson and Einstein in this article linked Thomas Edison only gets mentioned in this little tiny picture off to the right where he is pictured with a phonograph because he wasn't really that much of an inventor. No, not really. (laughs) Jerk. Yeah. Basically, I forgot uh, that he did the phonograph, though. Mm. Yeah. And according to well, that's one of the ones that he actually did. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, According to this caption. Uh, and I'm really surprised this does not take uh, does not get cited somehow. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Edison with his phonograph. Edison is considered one of the most prolific inventors in history, holding 1,093 U.S. patents in his name. Hand so I'm troll. gonna I'm gonna click Thomas Edison and wow. win, and win the game. Nice job. Thanks. That was quick. Um, Sorry, Tim. Oof. So I'm on flash photography. I just want to mention. <laughs> I just want to mention one thing about flash photography. I mean, yeah, we all do. we all know in general what it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know what the problem of red eye is, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so red eye effect is caused when the retina of the human eye reflects the um, red spectrum of visible light back yep. into the direction it came from. So the flash hits your eye; it bounces off the retina. The red comes back to the camera and that's where we get red eye yeah so how does the the red eye reduction settings on your camera help reduce the red eye does i i I know it's probably not true but i would really like to hope that it it just flashes the opposite color like it would in photoshop to be like (laughs) like that would be cool but no here's here's a hint um Uh there are two flashes in a red eye reduction flash. Oh yeah. Oh, does it make the pupil like restrict a little bit or? Yes, that's exactly what, what happens. Really? Wow. Yep. The first flash causes the um. Ah, where to go? <laughs> the pre-flash makes the the iris of the eyes contract. Oh my gosh! So oh. the second flash doesn't pick up as much red. That's, that's such amazing. A, yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. I just thought that was cool. Um, there's nothing about Edison on here, so oh. congratulations, oh, Kyle. Oh no, I'm nice sorry, job, Kyle. I'm 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 sorry, Tim. Wow, you guys, yeah. The way I went was from Fluffernutter. I went to Revere. <laughs> um, to what? Remember, there's that lady that was like uh, petitioning for the Fluffernutter to be the Massachusetts sandwich. Oh, and she was from Revere, and so I'm like, oh, Revere will get me to Paul Revere. Which will get me to Benjamin Franklin, which will get me to to electricity, and then to Thomas Edison. <laughs> That's how I did it. Wow. Yeah, but your, That's your idea of going with inventors and ice cream was pretty good too. Well, I just remember that there was I would honestly I was actually going for patents because he is known as sort oh, of yeah, as, a, as a patent, patent troll. 
And ice cream cones are going to get patented. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that there was a huge patent fight for ice cream cones. And I thought, well, this is, that's exactly where this is going to be perfect. And then it turns out that it was even better than I expected. Yeah. Well, nice job. Yeah. Thanks. Do you want to talk about Edison? No, he's a jerk. He's a yeah. jerk. Oh. <laughs> was he really that much of a jerk? No, he just like, knew how he was a good business person. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very good business Best person. Like, like if, if Nikola Tesla didn't exist, we probably wouldn't think he's that much of a jerk. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. But we kind of think that like, oh, man, we could have had Tesla, who was like the David Bowie of, of <laughs> right. inventors. And at one point, so much was that David actually Bowie. Played. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In the prestige. Yes, and he was amazing. Yeah. But Edison sort of like gave him the short end of the stick, and that wasn't cool. Well, he often, I mean, he would, he was known for kind of pressuring other inventors to kind of, if he was working on something, uh, kind of pressuring them to not work on that thing or mm-hmm. maybe follow them around and get ideas from them. Yeah. So he, he and, he he was, and Henry Ford were good buds. That should tell you something. <laughs> that should tell you a lot of things, yes. Yeah. We, I actually saw a chair that he sat in. <laughs> what? Did someone save that? Yeah, Henry Ford did. Um, of course he did. Henry Ford moved like one of his workshops, Edison's workshops, to um, uh, Greenfield Village. Oh, of course. And so I visited there, and there's like, there's actually a chair that when Edison visited like later in his life after Ford had moved his workshop there, he like sat in that chair at that exact spot. And after Edison got up, Ford had some of his workers like nail the chair down, not touch it. So, like, nobody has touched this chair for years. Wow. <laughs> like, it's, like, the last person to sit in this chair, supposedly, is Thomas Edison. Wow. Wow. Yep. Wow. So, uh... His booty he... has a patent on that seat. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, when he was in his 30s, uh, I'm just I just scrolled down here a little bit to marriages and children. When he was in his 30s, he married a 16-year-old girl. Cool. Who was an employee at one of his shops. Real cool, bro. He invented jailbait. His uh, her name was Mary Stillwell. He invented it, he patented it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they had three children. Uh one uh Marion Estelle Edison, nicknamed Dot. Uh Thomas Alva Edison Jr., nicknamed Dash. And William Leslie Edison, who did not have a nickname. Well, he sort of ran out of Morse code there, so... Yeah, he should not have gone with that. That was a bad yeah. theme. Um, here's the interesting bit. Uh, she died at uh, age 29. Uh, it sounds like from a morphine overdose because of... Uh, they're listing it here as a possibility of a brain tumor. He got remarried a while later uh, to a, a an Ohioan. So someone from basically near me, a <laughs> hmm. uh, 20-year-old lady, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he was in his 50s, Yeah. and he married a 20-year-old girl. <laughs> Weird. Okay, I, I can't, I got to back away now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, moving on. Yeah, you know, and I think people are familiar with the whole War of Currents thing, but I wasn't aware of how it, like, really ended, like... 
basically you know eventually people were like he was so anti-ac and people eventually were like dude like ac is where it's at you like you need to you need to get off of this but um by the uh 1890s edison's company was just like not getting much profit and it's its stockholders were not happy and so uh edison was actually forced out of controlling his own company and then J.P. Morgan stepped in oh, of course. and merged Edison General Electric, General Electric with Thompson Houston, and that made it into General Electric. There's a certain poet, poetic justice to that, isn't there? Yeah, and then now, and then General Electric just controls basically everything. Three quarters of the U.S. electrical business, but they're owned by Shinehart. Well, they did. I'm, yeah, I'm they're s- owned by the Shinehart Company, though. I'm sorry, I, I was actually getting to the Edison page a little bit a little while ago. I know you mentioned. Ford and him getting Edison's chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you also mention Ford getting Edison's last breath? What? Oh yeah. What? I, I thought this was a a uh, like an urban legend though. Now, Edison, a scary well, thing. According to Wikipedia, it's not. Yeah. So who knows? It says Edison's last breath is reportedly contained in a test tube at the Henry Ford Museum. No. Ford reportedly convinced <laughs> Charles Edison to seal a test tube of air in the inventor's room shortly after his death as a memento. Uh, Ford, dude. Yeah. Creeping. Creepy. <laughs> Creep that that may be creepier than the dude marrying a twenty a fifty year old dude marrying a twenty year old. Yeah, this is like pop pop idol like status of worship. Uh, <laughs> really weird. Um, although um, you know, his they mentioned here at the beginning of his career. Talking about using uh, his first phonograph uh, with tinfoil on a groove cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a recording here playing it. Uh, one of his one of his earliest recordings. They have Mary had a little lamb here. Um, have you heard these recordings? Because there are some ghost stuff. Oh, ghost I don't know if I stuff. want to listen to that before bed. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, maybe not. But tomorrow, when it's daylight out and it's nice. <laughs> Maybe listen to it because it's terrifying. Uh, I remember on, I haven't heard this one, the Mary Had a Little Lamb one, but the, he did one um, that was uh, Twinkle, 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 Little Star. Oh, yeah. And it was maybe the scariest thing I'd heard in a really long time. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is a dead person singing. Like, this is, I can't, yeah. So uh, it was very effective. Or rather, no, actually, his was moderately effective. And then they decided to use wax cardboard cylinders, and those were effective. Oh, good. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of terrifying. Cool. Well, good old Edison. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks on the for other taking hand, this trip with me, guys. What? Yeah, it, it, on the other hand, if you want to, if you do want to hear some phonograph music that's really cool, yeah. uh, I'll, I, I guess I'll make this other, this little note here. There is a there's a podcast called the Antique Phonograph oh, yeah. uh, Hour. I think that's what it's called. Um, I still need to where they do an, yeah, it's an, it's 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 so great. They podcast. just it's they just play music that uh, comes only from that time period, basically those twenty years uh, where phonographs were around before electric uh, yeah. uh, recording methods. And uh, if you ever want to hear a time capsule uh, or specifically to understand that music i mean even though it has changed a lot it has kind of not changed uh it is so interesting huh. um so and, and they sound great actually believe it or not like i mean i know they're using they're using some digital play to make them sound better 
but um like you'd be surprised at how good the music sounds even played on a phonograph now yeah yeah that's the thing is like i mean they had the technology and the know-how to play good music well think about it like when we covered um when we talked about playing uh, movies from mm. back in the day and we always think of them as being poorly, you know, like barely watchable, but in right. reality it's just because, you know, no one took yeah. care of them. What would a VHS play like in 50 years? Exactly. Yeah. So how, how do they you, play now? <laughs> you yeah, well, it's, it's kind of to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same idea. Speaking of that, I was thinking about this the other night and I've been thinking about it for a while because we're, we've been playing board games a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to think of board games as like, there is nothing really in the board games that we play, at least most of them. You know, some of them use apps and stuff. But uh, yeah, most of them, like the only thing stopping them from existing 100 years ago was somebody just didn't have the idea or didn't have the of the reason to put to put into it you know because they were just kids again it's like we were actually tim and i were playing a game called edison versus tesla nice on thursday night and i was just thinking like how weird it would be like for these guys to to like experience this game (laughs) it's like it's not like it's like a video game where they wouldn't understand the technology it would just be it's just like a game about building an electrical company. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. And it's just really weird to think that those things are kind of outside time in a lot of ways. Huh, mm-hmm. They are. They kind of are. Um, <laughs> they kind of are interesting little time capsules. And again, yeah. speaking about um, patents, go read up on the patent of the Monopoly game sometime. It is incredible. Ooh, I bet that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Cool. Um well, if you guys want to hear more of this podcast, you know where to go. It's no, wskbcast.blogspot.com for our oh. homepage. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. That would be amazing of you. Yes. Um, we are on Twitter at WSKBCast, and we are on Facebook. You can search uh, for We Should Know Better on Facebook, and I think we show up. Um, I know that wasn't very confident, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> We're on there. Um, you know yeah. how the internet works. Yep, and so that's that's pretty much it there. Yeah. You guys got pretty, anything you you need to plug? I uh just go listen to that uh phonograph, uh the antique phonograph hour. That's it's really good. It's really that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm very sad because the the one of the hosts uh is is no longer with the show. Or rather, he's he's taking a break from the show. Okay. Uh but he he is a barber. And his uh, and his Twitter slash Instagram slash everything else um, handle is uh, Mike will cut you. <laughs> That's and amazing. I, I nice. love it. Yes. I need to find a good barber. Well, talk to this guy. You might uh, know a guy. Yeah, maybe. It's just like I hate going to get my hair cut. I think it's mostly just because I go to like great clips and it's just like some random person. I think that I think cutting my just, hair. Yes. You've just named your problem. Yes. Yep. So there's a, there's a shop um, just down the road from where I live now, but it is like an old school shop, mm-hmm. like opens at like five thirty in the morning. Nice. And I see people walking in there, but they're all like, like yeah. Cormac McCarthy level people. <laughs> So I'm a little intimidated to go in there because I think it's kind of like an old man's club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a feeling you would know how to talk to them, given that you've been to a Cormac McCarthy conference. You just, you know, you just sort of grunt at them, just like, uh, and they go, uh, back. You're like, there's, this is not a country for us anymore. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs>
just use all the conjunctions in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Never stop that sentence. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. And Mm -hmm. I will see you in a couple weeks. All right. Good night. Good night. So now we need to do a little sync thing. I can't remember what they're called. Flags? Clap. Yeah, we'll do a clap. We'll go. Yeah. We'll do one of those. Ready? What? Wait a minute. Are we doing the whole thing? Yeah, well, we got to get in sync. One of us is going to have to start. So. Da, 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 da. Oh, Ready? So oh just my gosh. join in with me. Okay, ready? Okay. Wow. I think we got a nice rhythm. I think that was amazing. That sounds like the start of like some hipster song I know. Oh, I love nutter butters. <laughs> <laughs> if you dip like that's the other thing. If you dip those things in milk, a magical chemical reaction occurs <laughs> that makes them the most like that makes them mana. That makes them oil <laughs> slick. Have you have that, you done that? So Yeah, it makes so. a little milk oil slick on the top. So when when God fed the Israelites, he just sent that milk soaked nutter butter down on their heads. Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. That's disgusting, Scott. I was really squishy growing up. I mean, you don't soak. Well, yeah, I kind of did soak them in there because I was like, that's <laughs> the best thing ever. It's, it just made a weird little peanut butter oil slick on top of the milk. I never liked that. All right, ready to on this? Let's try that. Let's try that again.